Okay, here we go. All right, we're going to look tonight in our study with Cynthia on the subject of faith and prayer. I can't think of two words that are best suited to be put together in one line. Faith and prayer. And you'll see by the time I'm done, you'll see what I'm thinking when I'm saying that. But some of you already have figured that out if you have the book and you were doing it. Um, I don't know necessarily what God has for you in this study, but I have to tell you the Lord has been just showing himself to me and I've just been enjoying this so much and uh, he's reminding me of things he told me he showed me years ago and I'm like Lord how could I have forgotten these things this is so important um, in the Christian faith that, that we have this kind of faith that will pray and believe until the thing is done. And this pers persistent, persevering kind of prayer. So um, let me pray and we'll jump right in. Father, come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're just asking for you to come and be with us this evening as we look on the subject of faith and prayer. Lord, um, these two things are so central to the Christian faith. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, that you put within our hearts, Lord, a desire, a deeper desire, Lord, to know you deeper, that we may have greater faith, that we may seek you and find you, Lord God, that the petitions we, you put in our hearts, that we may pray through until the thing is done, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for the awesome, incredible promises you have given us, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit, and be with us this evening. In Jesus' name. All right, well, I want to start out with Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, this seems like, I know everyone in this room has read this verse before, and it seems like, well, okay, you know, yeah, I, I believe God is, um, and he's a rewarder of those. Mm, I think most of us aren't really convinced about that. Um, but let me read Albert Barnes here. Uh, he, oh, Albert Barnes is a commentator, um, and he's commenting on the um, phrase, must believe that he is that God exists. We do not see him, but we must believe that he is. We cannot form in our mind a correct image of God, but this should not prevent a conviction that there is such a being. But the declaration here implies more than that there should be a general persuasion of the truth that there is a God. It is necessary that we have this belief in lively practice in the act of drawing near to him and that we should realize that we are actually in the presence of the all-seeing Jehovah. So, do you think about that when you go to pray, when you, you're in whatever, your quiet time, hopefully everybody in the room has a time of prayer every day with Jesus. 
morning's good, best if possible, but we certainly shouldn't let a day go by without spending time in his presence. But do we actually think that when we're praying? I mean, do we run through our thing, okay, oh yeah, I need to pray for this, and oh, somebody put in the prayer up that, or do we stop and think, he's in the room with me right now. This all-powerful creator, God, is right here in the room, listening to me. And I think if we could get that in our hearts, in our minds, um, we wouldn't find prayer boring at all. Uh, you know, I know that sometimes all of us struggle with that, like, uh, you know, I'm just kind of bored right now. And when I do that, I, I just, right away, I tell the Lord, you're not boring, I'm boring. The problem is my mind is wandering. <laughs> if I was really focused on you and pouring out, my soul to you, it wouldn't be boring. So, uh, Lord, I repent. Help me to remember you're in the room. You're with me. You're talking to me. Um, and then Hebrews 11.1 1 also talks about faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Ian Bounds says, faith gives birth to prayer and grows stronger, strikes deeper, rises higher, in the strugglings and wrestlings of mighty petitioning. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance and realization of the inheritance of the saints. Faith, too, is humble and persevering. It can wait and pray. It can stay on its knees or lie in the dust. It is the one great condition of prayer. The lack of it lies at the root of all poor praying, feeble praying, little praying, unanswered praying. Okay, so we have this problem. We become Christians, and, um, and the first problem is in becoming Christians because we have to believe, we have to exercise faith that there is a God and that I can talk to him and he'll hear me. So first of all, you can't become a Christian without exercising faith. So that's your first, really, your first act of faith. It might be um, like preliminary stuff, crying out to him when life is overwhelming you, however God is dealing with you, bringing you to himself. But we always start at that point. I have to believe something I can't see or put my hand on exists. And fortunately, God has put that in our hearts. Uh, he, he does this in every human being, that there is something within us, within everyone that knows there is something outside of me. And so I, I can't even tell you, being raised in an atheist home, how would I ever even, I mean, I probably heard somewhere, something, that there's a God. I, I just can't remember how I would know that. But something I knew when I was in trouble, when things were just horrible in life, I would talk to this God, whatever that is. So God puts that measure of faith in us that we can believe in the unseen. So that's the first thing that has to kick in to become a Christian, is that we believe that he is, that when we talk, there is someone listening, and then that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's not only that I'm talking to someone I can't see and put my hand on, but I'm asking for something, believing that it exists, that it's answered, when I don't have any proof of it. So Christianity is so otherworldly. This is not natural at all. And there's no other world religion that has this. 
this concept of um, believing before we see with our eyes. And God rewards this kind of faith. We're going to see it in a few verses here. You know, I, I've met over the years, over the 48 years of being a Christian, I've met people who tell me things like, or they insinuate, or that they have great faith. And um, so I'm always kind of curious, oh, you do? Yeah, I, I just believe God. I just, you know, I have, I'm on social media, I'm always like putting stuff, you know, so and then going, you have great faith, and then um, it may or may not come out in the conversation about their prayer life. And um, I'm sorry, but nobody has great faith who doesn't have an active, vibrant prayer life because faith and prayer go together. If faith will die if it doesn't have an outlet in prayer, that's why both have to exist. It can't be that, well, I have great faith because, well, you may. Um, but it's going to wither and die if you don't keep feeding it. If they have to be together. Um, in the book, uh, Cynthia says, um, Faith permeates all of life with God from the moment we accept his salvation through all the circumstances of daily living. It is our shield to protect us when we face trial and temptations. It is also a vitally important dimension in our prayer life. Faith is not a talisman that we wave at the throne of God, but it is, cru it is crucial in shaping our intercession. Okay, so then she talks about praying with faith. Uh, Jesus responded to those who believed he was the Son of God. He praised the faith of those who approached him to meet their needs by making observations about their faith. All right, so... Uh, a few verses she brings out. One is a story from Matthew 9, 20 through 22. Um, this was the one, you're probably all familiar with it, the, the woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. Um, she, she came behind, she had to press through the crowd um, just to touch the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. So faith has action with it and most of the time that means prayer if we believe something if we believe a promise of god that we know he wants to do this um, there's going to be an evidence come out of that whether we push through to touch the hem of his garment or whether we go to prayer we put aside things that that seem important um, and we go to him we bring our pleas to him so what did Jesus say about her? Um, she said, your faith has made you well. Did you ever just think about that? What that would be like to be in the time of Jesus and have, them, have him say something like that to you? Wouldn't you remember that for the rest of your life? Just especially as Christianity was exploding, the, the, the church was um, birthed on the day of Pentecost and, and here people are getting saved and someone, you know, would, did you ever, you, wow, you were living in Jerusalem, did you ever um, come across or hear anything about that Jesus, you know, that was, yeah, let me tell you, this is what I did and this is what he said to me. It would be like, I think, fresh every time you said it. Um, 
You know, Jesus didn't praise freely. <laughs> he, he reserved praise for only in only a few circumstances. And one of the things, most of the time, it's about faith. So this is important. If we want to know what pleases God, we need to go to the Word of God and, and ask Him, how can I please you, Lord? And faith is a big thing. Um, the other thing is worship. I think of the woman that, um, that brought the ointment and poured on Jesus' feet, and, and, and he praised her. Um, actually, he, he gave her like this memorial that is nobody else has in the Bible. Wherever the gospel is told, this story shall be told. And um, wow, <laughs> he loves worship then, you know, that, that adoration at his feet. So faith and worship are things that we should be um, going after. Okay, Matthew 9, 27 through 31. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. Um, so they wouldn't be denied. They had faith. They knew what Jesus was doing, and they were absolutely certain that he could meet their need. They couldn't meet their own need. Nobody could help them. They knew that. So their one opportunity, their one chance was, it's in him and him alone that we're going to get healed. And so Jesus did heal them and said, your, your faith has made you well. Again, wow, praise from Jesus. Matthew 9, 27. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I did that. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. And this is the um, Canaanite woman. Um, and she had a daughter who was uh, demon-possessed. Again, you know, we come to Jesus if we're convinced that we can't meet our own need, that we don't have in our own ability, in our own um, sphere of help, that we can get this done for ourselves. So she came to the end of herself, her daughter, her poor little girl. Um, there was no other answer. Uh, she tried everything. So she went to Jesus, and, and here he seems to resist her, to oppose her even. But he was doing it for a reason. He was building her faith. And so he does he, he, what she wants. He grants. And then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Again, a wonderful praise from Jesus. Great is your faith. And her daughter is healed. Adam Clark says, O woman, great is thy faith. Commenting on that. The hindrances thrown in this woman's way only tended to increase her faith. Her faith resembles a river which becomes enlarged by the dikes opposed to it, till at last it sweeps them entirely away with it. Look to Jesus. As sure as God is in heaven, so surely will he hear and answer thee to the eternal salvation of thy soul. Uh, so sometimes it seems like we meet with resistance as we're trying to pray through and, you know, it just seems like blockages, something just keeps um, that's purposeful. The Lord wants that to, to happen in our lives so that we don't pray and give up, but we pray through, we press our pleas because we must have them. Ian Bounds uh, says, Faith starts prayer to work, clears the way to the mercy seat. It gives assurance. First of all, that there is a mercy seat, and that there the high priest awaits the prayers and the prayers. 
faith opens the way for prayer to approach God, but it does more. It, accom it accompanies prayer at every step she takes. It is her inseparable companion. And when requests are made unto God, it is faith which turns the asking into obtaining, and faith allows prayer, since the spiritual life into which a believer is led by prayer is a life of faith. The one prominent characteristic of the experience into which believers are brought through prayer is not a life of works, but of faith. So there's a lot there. Um, and uh, let me just uh, tell you, it, Ian Bounds, um, I started reading him, wow, way back. I think we were pastoring in Detroit. And this man, I think, wrote on prayer, him and, and Andrew Murray, like no one else. And I, I kind of feel like between him and Andrew Murray, everything I know about prayer, I think I attribute to them. I mean, such truths that come from them. But this isn't simple, easy, like, okay, you know, I'll read that briefly and just, these uh, quotes here, take them home, take them with you in prayer, and read them to Jesus, and then talk to Jesus about them, and they will become uh, rich in you, they will be absorbed into you. Um, I'm just saying, because I know that's what it did for me. Um, okay, number two, the scriptures set forth bold promises concerning answered prayer when biblical conditions are met. All right, so Matthew 21, 18 through 22. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, As surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast, be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Jesus said this to us, and he meant it to be in scripture so that all the generations would have this promise. Okay, so the condition, if you have faith and do not doubt, you have to ask. A lot of times we have not because we ask not. I don't know how many times we do that. Like, I don't know, something will be just silly things or whatever. Just, uh, man, I really needed that, that thing from Amazon uh, to come, and now it looks like it's not going to. And I'll just, like... The Holy Spirit just nudged me. You never even asked me. And I'm like, that's right. I didn't pray. Okay, Lord, <laughs> I, I need this thing to come. Um, there's a reason for it. You know it, Lord. And, and I can't tell you my times that's been answered just like the Lord. You would think I would get this by now, but I, I, I'm just like constantly reminded, just bring everything to him. Just talk to him about it. Tell him what you need, when you need it, so forth. And, and it's amazing how how he does answer those things. Um, so there's the condition. We have to have faith, we have to ask, um, believing. And you know, Jesus isn't talking about, in this, <laughs> about little Amazon orders, but he's talking about saying to a mountain, a mountain in your life, that thing that it's like, 
wow, I have been fighting this for so long. I've been trying and trying. I just can't get victory. It's just like this mountain. Uh, well, what do you need to do? Speak to the mountain. Be removed by faith in him that he is able to do this. Not that I have that willpower that I can determine to, to overcome to do this, but I'm going to go to the source of all power, and he is going to do this. I believe it. I believe the Holy Spirit can, can change me, can even change my desires so that I want this thing out of my life so much that I will pay the price through prayer and believing that he's going to do that thing that, um, that I fail at. Mark 11, 20 through, 24 through 25. I added this one, and there's a reason. Um, so this is similar to, it's using that same uh, uh, example of Jesus um, about the mountain. So same conditions, do not doubt in the, in the heart, believes, pray, believe. It, but it asks something else, forgive him. And so I'll just read that um, section there, that verse 25. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So there's actually a promise with this too, of forgiving. Uh, the way is blocked so often to answer prayer because we're holding bitterness, anger in our hearts. So that's one thing to, to check. If, if you're not seeing prayers being answered in your life, uh, just ask the Holy Spirit, search my heart, Lord. Is there someone I'm, I'm bitter against? I'm holding something uh, against? I have anger, resentment. Let him search you and repent. And then the promises are wide open to you. All right, so this is why I added this one. And uh, let me read it, and then I'm going to comment, because I know this, this quote by Andrew Murray can make us uncomfortable. All things, whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that ye, re ye receive them, and ye shall have them. What a promise, so large, so divine, that our little hearts cannot comprehend it. In every possible way, we seek to limit it to what we think safe or probable. We don't allow it to come in just as he gave it to us with quickening power. The tendency of human reason is to intervene here with certain qualifying clauses, if expedient, if according to God's will, to break the, the force of the statement which appears dangerous. Oh, let us beware of dealing thus with the master's words. His promise is most literally true. He wants his oft-repeated all things to enter into our hearts and reveal to us how mighty the power of faith is, how holy our Father places his power at the disposal of the child that wholly trusts him. Okay, I put this in here because I wanted to kind of balance out. It's true that, that scriptures give us conditions uh, for fulfilled prayer, but we can get hung up in that, and then we just, it like paralyzes us. We just, okay, well, I know that I can ask when this is fine in my life, when I take care of this, when I, and, and part of it sometimes, I'll just admit it with me, is I am, um, I think it's too dangerous to just, 
believe like that, that what God says is true, and I can can grab onto that promise. So um, so this is the way it, it looks like for me a lot of times is, and this is in the context um, often when I'm, I'm praying for someone, the soul of someone to get saved. And I, I know God has put them on my heart, I'm praying, I'm praying, and um, maybe fasting for them or whatever, but then there just like comes this lull in it where I start to think, that's where my problem comes in, and I start, oh, People have a free will, though. You know, it's like, uh, um, and uh, I'm not sure, like, you know, what is God doing or whatever. And it just starts breaking down, crumbling down faith. Uh, so I'm going to give a testimony of somebody I recently heard. And I think, because I was so convicted um, when this was shared, because I'm going, wow, I wouldn't have prayed through. I would have stopped. Um, so this was the story. Uh, it was a husband sharing with me about how his wife had a burden for her stepfather. And, and she prayed and prayed like every day, fasted once a week for a few years. And eventually he got saved and it wasn't even through her or her husband. Diane, does this sound familiar? <laughs> okay, this story is about our own pastor's wife, Rose. Um, yeah, Pastor Jeff was sharing with me about, because we were talking about Jose, and, um, and he was going, yeah, did you know my wife? She prayed, I don't know how long it was, Rose, but I know it was years. Yes. <laughs> um, and as soon as I, you know, I don't know, we were, I think we were at your house when you told that when I was driving, we were driving home, I was like, Lord, I never prayed for my kids like that. <laughs> you know, just, I mean, there would be times where there would be like such a burden on my heart and I would be praying and fasting, but, you know, the time would pass. I'm going, I have never hung on to something that long because my mind would be going, but they have a free will. <laughs> so, so that's why I wanted to give you this quote because, yeah, when we start praying um, these prayers, it seems dangerous, you, you know, that we should pray, that we should ask boldly that, God, I want this done. I want this soul. God, I am not letting go of you. I am going to seek you day and night until I see this man come to you. I'm not giving up. I am not losing faith. And wow, look what God does. Uh, so anyway, hope you don't mind those. <laughs> I've shared your story. <laughs> John 14, 12 to 13. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Okay, so... Um, Conditions, belief. Do you notice how that keeps coming up? That faith is, is so integral to answer prayer. Um, ask in my name. This was like a, a promise, a blank check given to us by Jesus. And and what is the uh, what is the, uh, a, a, a reason that He's doing this? Giving us that uh, ability to pray through and to see those prayers answered. That the Father may be glorified. So we have to always keep that in mind when we're praying. 
Okay, so if you've um, been praying about that uh, trip to Hawaii and you're getting excited that God is going to hear it, finally answer. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, is God going to be glorified? <laughs> and not that he's not a father who just loves to give things to his children. I mean, if we, being evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more? Our Heavenly Father. So, so we can't get into this thing either that, you know, oh, I shouldn't ask for that because, you know, that would be... Uh, one of the things I do is, uh, is I just, whatever, I, I think if something comes to mind that I like or whatever, honestly, I don't really pray much for myself. I just, I have a blessed life and I feel like, no, there's just so many more needs. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be noble. It's just the, the truth of it is like, my father, I have this relationship with him that if something comes up, I just tell him, oh, okay, well, father, if you want me to have that, um, go ahead. I, it's not necessary to life, you know, but I, I want to take this time that we're together because there's somebody, Samantha needs to give birth to this baby. <laughs> you know, it's like, that thing doesn't matter. But how often, my father, he's been so good, he just blesses me with this thing. And usually it's over and above what I was even thinking. So, um, yeah, we have to think right thoughts about God. He does love us. He, he blesses us. And, and he has no problem with us coming and asking for things. Uh, but make sure we keep the, the um, promises. And ultimately, we really want prayers answered because this glorifies God. Because a world is watching us, watching the church. And when we can proclaim to them, um, yeah, this, this thing happened because I prayed. Uh, and, and they will pay attention to that because they want things <laughs> to happen in their lives. They're um, whatever, you know, just... Wow, I was plagued by depression for years, and really, you're not anymore. No, let me tell you what happened. So I had become a Christian, but I was still like just, just this depression would always just come up, and and so I went to God and and I prayed in Jesus' name, and God has just removed it from me. I, I can't tell you how or even actually when it happened, but. Um, I don't suffer under that like I used to. And the world will go, tell me more, <laughs> you know, because I've been to doctors, I've been to psychiatrists, I can't find help in this. So God is glorified in, ans in answering prayers. Uh, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, here's it, that's the condition, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Wow, wide open promises. Why are we? Why are we so reserved in prayer? So hesitant to spend our time when we have these promises, things that can last forever has been given to us. You can pray through for something that will go on through eternity. Uh, and then James uh, one five five through eight. Um, let him ask of God. Uh, it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Um, and so this is the promise of wisdom. Ian Bounds said, prayer is absolutely dependent upon faith, virtually, and has no existence apart from it, and accomplishes nothing unless it is, in, it is its inseparable companion. Faith makes prayer effectual 
and in a certain important sense, it must precede it. So again, the, the marriage of um, prayer and faith. So um, we can ask and ask and ask for something and not receive, really because we are the obstacle. We are not believing that he can do this, that he is big enough, that he can orchestrate things in, in this world, in this um, tangible world. It, can he do something that's supernatural? Uh, really, that's what stops us most of the time. First uh, John 3, 22 through 23, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those, do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Um, one of the benefits here of living a surrendered life, we keep his commandments, meaning we, we and we should, this is a reason we should know the word of God, so that we know what is expected of us, how we're to live in this world. And, but it's also interesting that John added, do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So someone, if you just left off there, someone could say, I keep the Ten Commandments. I do, you know, the, the certain things that I see in the New But it's not just that. It's a heart that I just want to please Jesus. I just want that praise that comes from him um, in a, whatever certain circumstance that at the, at the end of this trial, I want him to say, well done, that I have um, pleased him with how I handled myself, how I allowed him to um, to hold me back when I wanted to spout out and tell people what I actually think or whatever, but I, that just that desire to be pleasing to him in all things, um, that's uh, the heart that he's looking for. And um, believe on the name of a son and love one another. Wow, look at that. <laughs> a condition, love one another. Um, 1 John 5, 14 through 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Okay, so this really trips people up now here because I've heard this so many times from people. Um, I don't know as well. I'm not even sure what to pray for because I don't know as well. Um, well, first of all, you have a whole book here. <laughs> lots and lots and lots of things in the scriptures to pray for. So um, again, another reason to know your Bible yeah, so that when you're wondering about, well, should I pray for this or not? It, it's like, oh yeah, there's a verse on that. Uh, but also, uh, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, and, and he wants to make himself known to us so that we know how to pray, because um, it, it says that the Holy Spirit is the intercessor, and so if we can just link up with him, what are you praying for right now, Holy Spirit? What are you wanting to do at Lighthouse? Um, oh, I think he's, his, his heart is he wants to save. He wants to bring people in here on Sunday and bring them all the way through into the kingdom of God. Okay, I'm going to pray with you on that one, Holy Spirit. So the nearer we live to Jesus, the more surrendered life, the more we will be able to hear his heart and pray with him, pray through, because we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit makes intercession through us. 
Another promise. So you say, I don't know the will of God on this. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Search the scripture. Uh, he will let you know. He's, he's able to speak to, to you in a way you can understand and comprehend. Uh, it's not, we shouldn't be um, shy about asking because, well, I don't really know the Lord's will. Um, just get with him. Get along with him. Get with him in a place where you can talk out loud and and cry out to him because for some reason that really helps just break through that hesitation that shyness about coming to him and just pray what you know pray these scriptures here lord you said whatever i ask in your name god i i believe you're putting this on my heart lord you know my child they're struggling right now so i am coming to you because you are their father and you care more than I do about what's happening in their life right now. So God, I am coming to you because you gave me these great and precious promises that this mountain can be removed, that whatever I ask in your name, if I believe in faith, I will see it. It's it pressed through that hesitation and believe that what he said he meant and that this is for you. Okay. Um, so skip down to R.A. Tori here says, um, this is in the book, but as we have said to pray the prayer of faith, we must first of all study our Bibles intensely. That's a good word. He said that better than I did. That we may know the promises of God, what they are, how large they are, how definite they are, and just exactly what is promised. In addition to that, we must live so near to God be so fully surrendered to the will of God, have such delight in God, and so feel our utter dependence upon the Spirit of God that the Holy Spirit himself can guide us in our prayer and indicate clearly to us what the will of God is and make us sure while, while we pray that we have asked for something that is according to God's will and thus enable us to pray with the absolute confidence that God has heard our prayer and that we have received the things that we asked of him. <coughs> okay, so again, this is something to take with you in prayer and chew over this. Talk to God about this. Read it to him and say, Lord, I don't really know exactly what he's saying here. Would you reveal this to me, Holy Spirit? Give me uh, enlightenment. Enlighten the eyes of my heart. Okay, so prayers of faith. Um, many New Testament prayers and scripture are for physical healing. However, the majority of prayers in the Bible deal with spiritual concerns. So here is just, I'm not going to go through them, um, but they're um, wonderful prayers in scripture that we can pray for other people. And um, I'm going to take a second out here and uh, more than a second. Talk to moms. Okay, I don't know, moms, if you knew this um, when you uh, started to have children, but you needed to, um, if you didn't then, it's good to understand this now. Uh, you signed up to become a prayer warrior, an intercessor. It goes along with motherhood. Nobody is going to pray for your child like you. Uh, maybe dad, but I'm, I'm going to side with moms. Um, so... It's up to you to pray through each for each of your children, everything that they experience in life, um, 
First of all, of course, bringing them into salvation and true relationship with the Lord. Um, so this is, I believe, just like the, the first calling of a parent, the mom, is pray for your kids. The words that seem to just bounce off them, that they don't take inside, um, the Holy Spirit it can do what you can't do for your kids. So pray, pray, pray. Uh, I'll share a story here. Must have been now, I don't know, let's see, 15, 16 years ago. Um, one of my girls, Debrielle, um, she had, uh, in, in like seven years, she'd given birth four times. And her midwife, um, the last one, number four, she had bled a lot. So her midwife said, um, told her, you need to take a break. Your body has been through a lot. So take a break. And, um, and uh, Sherry, her midwife, who's also a pastor's wife, um, God bless Sherry, <laughs> she said this to Debrielle. She said, um, and I'll tell you this, if you get pregnant, um, in the next few years, I am not delivering your baby. So I'm glad. Thank you, Sherry, because um, yeah, she can. Debrielle can tend to have those presumptuous sins of pride that um, nobody's telling me whatever. <laughs> so anyway, they listened to Sherry. They got in a um, prevented pregnancy for like three years. So like the, I, and I think that's what Sherry told me. And so when the three years were up, um, she calls me one day. She goes. So, um, I just want your opinion. She goes, should I have like one more baby? <laughs> Going, you're calling me to ask me this? And she goes, yeah, so what do you think? <laughs> I'm going, have you talked to God? <laughs> she goes, well, we're just kind of, you know, asking the, the parents first and the relatives and stuff. I'm going, Deb, stop that right now. I said, that is not how you find the will of God. Um, okay, you can like certainly go in and get counsel, uh, but first of all, you and your husband need to pray through and, and find out what the will of the Lord is for you, and then do what the will of the Lord. And then I said this, which had to come from the Lord, because I don't know that I'd ever thought this before, but I told her, um, here's, here's one thing to, as you're praying through, to consider. Have as many children as you can pray into heaven. So, yeah, it, it just felt like the Lord did And ever since then, I'm going, yeah, I think that's how each family should pray and know what God's will is. Um, so, they, so anyway, they have one more. <laughs> and um, then they took measures to permanently um, make sure they didn't have any more children. And um, yeah, I believe like their family is just what God intended. Um, so uh, I haven't actually asked her I should do that. How much time are you praying daily for your kids? Um, because, yeah, nobody's going to pray for your kids like you. And, and that prayer includes faith, believing. Again, these promises here, pray it through for your kids. Don't give up. Don't let up. Add fasting into it when they're, they're in this time. I remember this. I won't go through no time to tell the story, but I remember for one of my girls, um, I, I could see so clearly the devil was after her. Satan wanted her, and I was like, no, I, I'm not going to sit by and let this. I am going to pray and fast until that, that thing comes down that um, I destroy the works of the devil in her life. And, and God answered that prayer, but it was, yeah, it was faith and prayer. 
um, not giving up and believing that God loves my children more than I do. So mom's faith believing, grandma's faith believing, because <laughs> now this is another generation um, coming up. And um, yeah, maybe we can fill in the gap where their moms aren't um, having the time because they're working jobs or whatever. Okay. Um, skipping down here. Uh, it talks about Paul. Um, uh, it says his letters include concerns about his thorn in the flesh, which some commentators believe was a physical ailment and others' illnesses. As we see in the following verses, the results were different. All right, so 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Okay, so, yeah, this, uh, first of all, it's an assumption um, when people say it's, it's probably a physical ailment. Um, I think for most of us in ministry, we think there's, if you go online, there's a whole list of what people think. If it was physical, this is what it was. If it was this, whatever. Um, so some people think it was actually a person, Alexander the coppersmith, uh, we don't know, I and mean, God left it open-ended, I think, because uh, we, we needed to, uh, to not have preconceived um, thoughts about certain things. So um, anyway, yeah, little side note, those of us in ministry, we're absolutely convinced it was someone in the church that, that left and has slandered the pastor and <laughs> talking about him, and they wish. Wow. He or she was the first one. So, yeah. So that's why I put my vote. Um, but, yeah, we don't know. I'm telling you, though, I, we know a lot of people in ministry, know a lot of pastors, and nothing hurts pastors as those who have betrayed them, especially like people that have been in their church and they love, help through a hard time or whatever. And then for whatever reason, it's like all of a sudden you're their worst enemy. And it is so painful to walk through that. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're, this is a thorn. Um, and so the God has purpose for thorns. You know, like the first time we were pastoring that it happened, I was like, what in the world could ever could come out of this? This is like, I can't believe in what they're saying. And, what, and they're spreading it. And just how is this? But same way, it was good for Paul, um, humility, um, right. you know, especially if God is using you, things are happening, it seems like, okay, <laughs> this is, this will be good for me just to, to pull me down and make me see that um, what I do, it still has to be for the Lord in humility and, and make sure that that fear of man is just crucified in me because you know what is that about it's just they're talking about me they're lying about me you know it's like 
well, are you seeking to please the Lord? Then, you know, it's, it's, it's just an opportunity to surrender, to love, where it's very hard to love. Um, yeah, all, all kinds of good things come out of it, but if you ask me the time, I would have told you there's nothing good. Um, Philippians 2, 25 through 27, this just brings out a, a situation where God did heal somebody. So if we were talking about healing with Paul, uh, here it is that God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me. And actually, God had mercy in both circumstances. It was just mercy expressed in different ways. All right, then James gives specific counsel for those who suffer, those who are joyful, and those who are sick. James 5, 13 through 16, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Again, these wonderful promises in here and telling us what circumstances, reasons to um, pray, believe. Uh, and by the way, there are very few um, requests, prayers in the Bible that God does not answer. This, I, I don't know how many times I've heard this come up over and over again, just, um, well, you know, I stopped praying because like Paul, you know, he only prayed two times, it didn't happen, so it, and <laughs> if I have a chance to talk with him, I go, uh, did you hear from God? Did he speak to you in a very clear way and tell you, stop praying about this? Because that was the circumstance where Paul knew that God was uh, not going to answer this prayer or was answering it actually in a different way than what he was asking. So uh, we have to be careful about not using that and saying, well, I guess God didn't want to do that. Certainly we should search our hearts going, why am I asking God, pleading for this trip to Hawaii? Um, Lord, expose my heart, what's in that? Um, but, uh, but if we're not convicted, if there's not something that it's, you know, uh, if it's not, obviously if it's unscriptural, we don't pray it. But if it's um, selfish or self-focused, if it's going to feed our pride, our loss, um, anything that would be uh, not glorifying to Jesus, then that clearly um, we're not to be um, praying through for that. But yeah, just be careful because there's very few um, prayers in the Bible that God says no to. Okay, so I added at the end here a little thing, um, faith and prayer in a parable. And you can look, read it later if you want. Luke 18, 1 through 8. And um, this is the story of the persistent widow and the unjust judge. Uh, she comes to court, and um, it's something she's being treated very wrongly, illegally, and she's coming to this unjust judge and the, the whole um, story is about the, the persistence of this widow coming before the judge. And, and we can't in any way think of God as a judge like this. Like, well, I guess I have to keep coming to him because, you know, until I really wear him out or whatever. That's not the point of it. It's, 
um, if, if this is the way a, a, an unjust judge, a man, will respond, how much more to a God who loves us and wants the best for us. But the point I want to bring out in it is Jesus begins this section with um, telling his disciples that we must pray and not give up. We must pray and not lose heart. So this is about prayer, this whole thing. And, and he's talking about the persistence. Just keep coming to me. Just keep coming. Um, it seems like the enemy has your child in his grip. Um, come and, and cry out to me. Avenge me of my adversary that's trying to steal the soul of my child. And you don't give up. You don't stop. You keep in persistence going to him and going to him and going to him. Persistence is rewarded. Okay, but here's um, what it says. It ends this parable with, When the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? It begins talking about persistent prayer, not losing heart. It talks about coming to him for what we need that we can't supply ourselves, not giving up. And then it comes to this. When the Son of Man comes, and he is coming soon, will he find faith on the earth? Faith, is, the, is he's equating faith with this persistent prayer with this not giving up, with this coming before him day in and day, day out. And um, I honestly am concerned when it, every time I'm reading through the, the Gospels and I come to this, I just have to stop and I just, Lord, you're going to have to do something, at least in the West. We're losing prayer. I, I, you know, I... I all the time when we're ministering at churches, like Glenn will talk about, some, say something, usually one of the services about prayer and making that, uh, that commitment in your life for daily prayer. And I don't know how many times I, people will I'll talk to them, like the, a woman will come to the altar and I'm going to pray with her. And so I ask her, do you have a regular time with the Lord? And she's like, oh, well, you know, I talk to him during the day, just going, <laughs> so he's not important enough like to take time with him. And, um, but it's like, that's like the norm now, if that. Um, yeah, I'm so busy right now, you know, I just got things to do, and then there's social media, whatever, I just can't take that time. And it's like, wow, what, was this a prophetic word that, that Jesus was giving when he returns? Is he going to find a people of prayer, a people who believe God and pray through for their families, their kids, their husband? Uh, the lost people around the church is is he going to find people like this that um, that believe that he said these things for us and that we are commanded um, by him to have that kind of a relationship that we obey him in that place of, of giving to him what he deserves um, come on if we really understood who it is calling us into prayer what, what would we bump up above him? We put everything above him almost, you know? It's like, I'm just appalled sometimes, even in my own life. Like, um, wow, I just spent a half hour doing this. Uh, whatever, um, you know, I start out whatever. I'm trying to find something on the internet or whatever, and then I get trail off. And I'm, I'm like, what I've been doing lately is like, if I find I've spent 20 minutes just, I just repent and I go, Lord, 
I could have had 20 minutes with you, and I just wasted it on this stupid things. <laughs> I, knew, I knew I was going to do that. My hands start going. All right, I can just hold them down because I love them. But yeah, I mean, what else if we truly believe that, um, that he is who he says he is, and that there is a source of power, then, wow, I don't want to stand before him one day when I face him and be so ashamed of how I spent my time that I had the power just laid right there at my disposal to pray people into the kingdom of God, to pray for my kids, to seek him and find him because he is that reward. He rewards those that diligently seek him. Yes, we have the things we ask of him, but even if he never answered another prayer, we get him. Every time you come away from a time of intercession and being with him, you have more of him. It's never, never a wasted time because we get him. He's the prize. So that should make us press in and see everything to be jealous of anything that's trying to take our time and away from time with God. And this is not legalism. It's not, it's, it's being in love. It's in a place I want to be, except with you, Jesus. If I have my first pick of how I can spend this next 10 minutes, um, I want to be with you. I want to know you in a deeper way. Okay, and then I just added that there's the example of faith and prayer, and that's uh, about Elijah. Um, and it says he was a man with a nature like ours. Wow, he was like me. <laughs> he had to fight the same things I had to fight. And yet he believed God, and he spoke, and it didn't rain for all that time. What is it, two and three and a half years? Three years. And then he spoke again, and there became rain. Do you mean that's available? That kind of power is available to me if I believe him, um, if I live a surrendered life. So, wow, I, I'm not taking advantage of half or quarter or 10% of what the Lord would give me, would entrust me with. Okay, and then I, um, I gave you some, just some quotes again from my heroes who taught me to pray, Ian Bounds and Andrew Murray. Um, these just, again, need to be um, prayed through and just just, um, just take time and, and soak them in. Um, meditate on them and find scriptures with them. Uh, just such great truths that can change your life. Okay. That's it. You want to stop?